I mean it. You got to do whatever it takes. Get a summer job, whatever you need to do. Have a yard sale, a garage sale, uh, you know, whatever it takes to go. I'm telling you, it's life-changing. Pastor and I have done a lot of traveling. You guys know that. God has sent us to many nations of the world. But I have to say, this was the most spectacular to me of all the things that I've seen. I've seen a lot. I've seen the pyramids of Egypt, and those are powerful. But there's nothing like walking through the Holy Land where Jesus, where the Holy Spirit blew into the upper room. You can come and stand in that place. Where Jesus was born, where he died, where he rose again. You can go to the Sea of Galilee where Peter and all, many of his disciples were pulled right out of that. They were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. You can go right there. Peter's house is still there, the ruins of his house. They built a church above it, actually, on kind of not like stilts, but up above it so you could still see it. Remember when Jesus went to Capernaum and he healed Peter's mother-in-law when she was sick? It was probably in that house or right in that area. You get to see it. You can actually reach out and touch it. In fact, you know, you could pick up a little pebble. So many things you've got to hear. So when uh, next Friday, it's not in the bulletin because we just came up with this, and we came up after you did the bulletin. Next, uh, Not next Friday, I'm sorry, March 8th, is it? Uh, 5th. March 10th. Okay, March 10th. I don't even know. I'm spinning like a top. March 10th, Friday, March 10th, for anybody that wants to hear about it or hear about the tour and see where we're going to talk about it, we'll have some pictures, a few pictures that we took up. We won't bore you all night, but we've, we thought that what would have helped us is to know some things before we went, to see some things, to understand the stories, because this, the Holy Land, is an overwhelming place. I mean, hey, if you've been reading the Old Testament... I mean, if you, if you like reading about David, where he hung out in the caves, you get to see the caves where he cut some of Saul's garment off of his coat. I mean, literally, you get to see the waterfall where they bathed, right there. You can go down and play in it. I mean, how cool is that? You get to see the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. You get to ride on a boat on the... On the, on the, on the um, Sea of Galilee. You get to go swimming in the Dead Sea where all the salt and the salt pillars are. I'm talking about all this just quickly with maps. And on this table, you can't take these things with you. The only thing you can take with you is the brochure to tell you what you would see on the tour and read all about it. tells you all about it and how you can go. And you can taste some of the foods I brought back. I brought back some of the huge Midori dates, and they are so fresh. So you want to, for, for date lovers, be sure and get one. There are pits in them, so be careful. Don't break your teeth. And I have more in the box if we run out. And I brought back some Turkish Delight. It's candy. And there's one that has no nuts, and the other one I think you can tell. It has nuts and kind of like a little coconut or something on the outside. So if you have a nut allergy or something, don't eat that. <laughs> But we could practice our raising from the dead skills if you do. And uh, then there's some special little cookies that come from the Holy Land that you might find in bakeries there. So I want you to try that. I also bought a package of anointing oil, 
and there's a little thing there. You can open it and smell each one, and it'll tell you on the little thing, you know, what what it represents. Now, so please uh, go and see that. We're going to leave this out, but please don't take anything with you. You're welcome to look at it, sit here and read it, look at everything. It's we. It's all we have is right there. So please enjoy it. We're bringing it so you can enjoy it. There's in two little olive cups that Lonnie and I took communion in at the garden tomb where they think Jesus might have been laid is some salt. You know, like, what is that? They're rocks. It's salt from the salt sea. And the salt sea, or the dead sea, is so salty and with minerals that you float in it. You cannot sink in it. And it is so salty, it's a hundred times saltier than our salt. So you're like, what does that taste like? Well, you can take a little bit off and put it, and put your tongue to it, because if you do, it burns. If you left it there, it would start burning. You know, it's that salty. And don't worry if somebody touched it. Anything that touches that salt dies. That's why they call it the Dead Sea. There's no germs. If somebody had something, believe me, it's dead in seconds of touching that salt. So please, and there's a, there's a jar of mustard seed. And when you look at the mustard seed, we'll talk about that parable. Jesus said if you had the faith as small as the grain of one mustard seed, and there's a whole bottle of them, you could move mountains if you had just that much faith. So we need that kind of faith. And uh, we, we can surely scrape up enough to look like the size of a, of a mustard seed. Uh, 6 o'clock. And we're going to do a potluck at 6 o'clock on March 10th for those who want to come and just ha- have a meal. But if you can't do that and you've got a schedule, we'll be starting our meeting at just around 7 o'clock, about 10 minutes to 7. So you can come on over around 7 and not miss it and talk. And you can ask questions. And then today, if you take a brochure home, you can start reading it and, and you know, have questions ready for us. And, uh, but we want you, those of you who are really setting your heart on going, we want you to have as much information before you go so you know what to expect and you're totally prepared. Amen? So enough of that. Uh, we have something else that uh, my brother wants to do. We bought this Tali. Is that, is that how I, am I? Per- Tali. Uh, we bought one, and it's a, commonly known to us as a prayer shawl. I bought this one. I want you to take a look at it later. On it is a symbol of the um, of the menorah, the seven-branched menorah, and um, that the Bible told Moses to make for the temple. Underneath that, you'll see in this little square um, the Star of David, right here. And then under that, you see, if you turn it up, it's a fish. It's the Christian symbol. And a few years ago, they found this symbol as they're excavating. I'm telling you, there's more to be seen. If you went even 10 years ago, you can't even imagine what has changed in the excavations and what they're finding. But they found this Christian symbol, and it was for the new Christians that had been Jew. They they were Jews, they were, as we would call them today, Messianic Christians, but they had become Christians. And so this was a symbol that they had in various places. So not just the Christian fish, but also the connection. So this was a special uh, 
Tali, and it had that symbol on it, and I decided I wanted it. And so it has some prayers on it in Hebrew, and Norm speaks Hebrew, so I only put it out here. It's not really supposed to be for decoration or a tablecloth. It's supposed to be worn. It's a prayer shawl. And so I put it out here just so you could come and look at it, but he would like to bless it, and uh, I guess that's the custom, and I said I was willing, and he wants me to wear it today. So there's many ways. They gave me a whole sheet on how I could wear it. So he, would you come up and just pray over it and read what this says? He said he's going to pray the prayer that's on it. Would you hold this, Pastor? Starts out, we uh, there's different, you know, there's different traditions, but uh, it starts out by you kiss it. That's okay. <laughs> and then you place it over your head. And the blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, blessed art thou, O Lord our God, who covers us with your wonderful glory. And now it comes off, and if you're willing to wear it, just go ahead. Tali never touches the floor. And in case we all start wearing them one day, you don't take them into the bathroom. <laughs> little, little practical information. Anyway, thank you, Kathy. Thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks for sharing that with you. I probably won't be wearing this very often, but today I'll wear it in honor of God's word and in, or in an honor of um, his glory. And I also want you to know, Norm, I bought, uh, before we left, you were looking for an Israeli flag, and we bought one. Uh, I, it was all written in meters and sizes. It's huge. I didn't realize it was this big. But we'll put it on a pole, and we'll get the Christian flag and the American flag, and we'll put them in here someday soon. So I wanted you tonight to know that uh, when you were looking for that. Well, uh, I'm gonna, I've got a word for you. Uh, it's a continuation of some things that you've been hearing recently. Um, the title to this one, Ben, is Recovery, Turnarounds, Favor, Comebacks, and Restoration. It's a long one, but I'll give it to you after. But are you getting it? You're going to hear it again because you need to hear it until you believe it. You need to hear it till you remember it in your daily activities. God, this is continuing to be prophetic words for the season that we're in. Amen? Um, oh, I'm on my last page of my notes here. I've got to go back to page one. But um, I may not do too much from these notes uh, because we've really been ministering from what's on God's name. So it's uh, recovery, turnarounds, restoration, uh, comebacks, and the favor of the Lord. That's your word for this year. That's a personal word. You need to take that. God gave you a word. That's your word. You're going to get that. So this is a season of supernatural recovery and restoration. It is in favor, no matter what you've been experiencing. Let me tell you, 
The enemy has been laying strongholds and foundations in our nation since 1950s when they first took prayer out of the schools. That means for 67 years the enemy has been trying to pull Judeo and Christian principles out of our society and out of our culture so that our children wouldn't grow up with morals. That's why some people are either homeschooling or, or sending their children to Christian schools so their minds will be not, not be touched by the control agenda and the world order agenda that is being manifest. When we build, an, when we build a school in another nation, we're not teaching them about the Lord. We're teaching them these global mindsets and cultures. And so the enemy has decided to try to take the world with humanistic teachings, humanistic teachings and tolerance of everything. Jesus, when asked by the disciples, they said, when, what are some of the signs that are going to be when, when you're soon to come back? And he told them many, but one of them, uh, one of the things that we read in the, in the New Testament is that in the latter days, in the last days, before Jesus returns, that the culture that the people will be calling evil good, evil good, and they'll be calling good evil. They don't want laws. They don't want order. Rebellion is the same as witchcraft. And this mindset that has permeated and been trying to be taught into our society and our culture, this is the America we see today is not the one I grew up in. I'm sorry to tell you, but the America I look out at today is not the one I grew up in. I grew up with prayer in school just for a few years. I remember seeing on the wall the golden rule. It was a big golden ruler. And it was basically the, the issues off the ruler of the points of the ruler were the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not commit murder. You know, all the things. Those were the things that were taught along, right along with the ABCs. They taught the scriptures from the time this nation was built and dedicated to the Lord. There are still textbooks where the ABCs were taught with the Word of God. Did you know that? The primer. Yes, pastor has a copy in his office. This is not the America that I grew up or many other generations ever grew up in. But I'm here to tell you that the winds of change have come to the earth because somebody's been praying and somebody's been fasting and someone's been believing and God will have, he will take whatever it is and he will use it for his purposes. So you're going to see upheavals. You're going to see wars. The wars that we're seeing in the Middle East, did you guys know that the war that we see today going on in the Middle East is really a basic fight between Jacob and Esau and the descendants of Esau? The one who so casually sold his birthright. He, it wasn't a big deal. When I talk to you about the promises of God and the heritage of God, it should be a big deal to you. Because if it doesn't become 
a big deal to you about what God says you can have and what he has for you, you could become like Esau. And he was more hungry than worried about the blessings that his father was going to release on him. And he said, hey, Jacob, you can have the birthright. I want that stew that you're cooking right now. I'm starving. Do you see? We can't take these things lightly. And you've got to teach your kids that too. Because he'll steal it from you. He'll take it from you. And the wars that are being fought today are over that. You see, Esau, once he realized what he'd done, he despised everything his brother was ever favored with, was ever blessed with, everything. He hated him. And the descendants hated Jacob and the tribes of Israel. They hated them because they were a blessed people. It's the same in the realm of the spirit. We don't see this in America, but it's the same. The enemy despises you. Satan and his cohorts and anybody he can use despises you because as a child of God, you are destined for favor, blessing, restoration, and the fullness of the promises of God. Is that awesome? And we've been living with these dark clouds. We've been living where you're called a bigot if you say anything about anything. We're living in times where you're a racist if you even have an opinion about anything that doesn't align with the other agenda. We can't be afraid anymore because God has changed the season and these things are going to be turned. When I first brought the prophetic word, I know it was on the day that the Super Bowl was and all of you heard the affirmation coming over. Everybody was in shock. As Sean said last week, it's never happened in the history of football. There was a comeback like none other. Did you guys witness that? In fact, when Lonnie and I were in Israel, uh, we saw it on the front pages of newspapers. We did. Comeback. Greatest comeback. Turn around. All those words that God spoke, those weren't my words. Please don't say, oh, Kathy's word. Don't say that. When we heard the word of the Lord, this isn't about me. I'm just the messenger releasing the word. This was God's word, and he's here to change it. It is a new day, and you are part of the history of that moment. You guys, it's awesome. You are anointed as the children of God to arise in power and his might, and take what the enemy has stolen. Sean talked about all sorts of good stuff, recovery, restoration, getting back what the enemy has taken from you. And so all last fall we were taught, remember the little guy, the bones, the valley of the dry bones? We got him all dressed up. He got into his spiritual armor. You're going to see this guy again because it's you. You've got to be wearing it. We're part of the army of the Lord now, and we're his secret agents. Well, you're not a secret to me. I know who you are. But to the rest of the world, you might be the secret agent for change. That's what your purpose is. It was awesome. Peggy told me uh, at some point here when we were having a little fellowship in the middle of service, she said, my mom's better now. My mom's doing better now. 
And she said they gave her an antibiotic and they gave her something else. Anyway, she's doing better. And she said, Peggy told me, she said, she told me that she's here for my brother, that that's her purpose for hanging on. She says, I told her she could go. We'd, we'd be sorry, but we'd let her go to the Lord. But she says, no, I'm here. My purpose is to help your brother. The word to what she told me was the word purpose. She knows what her purpose is, and you've got to know what your purpose is. And right now, you are the agents of change wherever you go. You are the light in a dark world. We are the agents of change. And we do it by loving. We do it by all manner of things. But there is a time when Jesus had to speak, and you may be called to speak. And it might not be popular. It might not be popular with the dark clouds in the earth, But let me tell you, God is shouting praise and the angels are going, go guy, go girl, whatever it is. It's popular in heaven. And so we need to be about the things that are popular in heaven. And as we've prayed on earth as it is in heaven, that's us. You're on the earth right now. You're still alive, walking and talking, like Peggy's mom. You've got purpose. And that's the purpose, to be a light on the hill. This is totally not in my notes, okay? So anyway, help me, Jesus. Let's go to 1 Samuel. And I want to read a few verses about this story that I'm going to read to you really quick here. 1 Samuel uh, 1 through 8. Maybe I should just tell you about it. David was out there with his mighty man. He'd been hiding from Saul. Almost 20 years, you know, this stuff went on, but... At this point in the story, he's hiding with his guys. In fact, he'd been hanging out with the Philistines, some of the Philistines that had fought Israel. He was, he was hanging out with them. He had some friends there. They'd befriended him. But when the other Philistine armies and commanders started loading up, I mean, there were thousands coming in. They were really going to do a big fight with Israel that had been camped out down by Jezreel. Well... David was going to fight with them. But the commanders had never, they, they went over to his buddy and said, what's this guy, what's this Jew, what's this Hebrew doing over here? What, what's this group of guys here? We don't want them around here. He says, oh, but he's, you know, he's been with me. He's fought right next to me for, for years. He says, but we don't want them going down with us because what if they turn on us in the middle of the war and they're right in the middle of us and they start killing us? We, we don't want that. So the guy had to go to David and say, listen, uh, you can't go into battle. And David's like, why? I've never given you one reason to, to be suspicious of me or my men. We've been on your side. We fought and spared your life many times. What is it? And he said, there's nothing. It's just that the commanders are saying, you can't go. So he said, in the morning, just at dawn, all of you, Go. Well, David had left his family and their friends. The women and the children were down in a town called Ziglag. It was about a three-day journey from where they were. And David couldn't be in the battle. That's where he wanted. He fought to stay there, but he couldn't. When he got back to Ziglag, they came into the city, and it had been plundered by the Amalekites. Guess who Amalekites? Amalek is. 
Esau's grandson, one of his grandchildren. So this despising of the blessings is pretty intense here, okay? This is one generation down. This is Esau telling his grandchildren how mad he is at Jacob and how he stole the blessing. But he didn't steal it. He, he really got it. It was surrendered. I mean, he did some sneaky things, okay. So anyway, these Amalekites had gone down. They'd gone into Ziglag to the group and the family where all this stuff were, their cows, their cattle, their sheep, everything, while the guys had been at war with the Philistines. And when they got there, all the, every last one, there wasn't one survivor in the village. They had taken everything. They took everything, the cows, the cattle, the women, the children. Well, the guys were so upset and they were in such despair that they got mad at David even. You know, they were mad at him. Like, you know, you're thinking, what are you going to do? How could this have happened to my wife and my kids and my babies? I'm over here fighting with the Philistines against Israel for my commander, David. And if we'd been here, this would have never happened. What are you going to think? You blame yourself. When some tragedy happens in your family, you're like, what could I have done? What could I have done differently? And so they got to one point of their despair that they were ready to stone David because they were so upset. You know, they were just fighting and they were out of control in their pain and their emotional anger. And we're talking warriors here, mighty men of war who have seen unspeakable things, but they'd lost everything that was of value to them, their family. So David got the courage... RSLA. He rose up in courage, David, and he went before the Lord. And he said, do you want us to go after them or not? He had two wives there and some kids. David did. And the Lord said, yes, go up. And that's the, that's the scripture I'm going to read from you. I've told you the whole story, uh, except verse 8. Um, Okay, this is the one. Oh, now I have to go back here. It was really, really a good word. Hold on. Well, anyway, this is what the Lord said said, go up against the Amalekites, for I, the Lord, will give you everything. Surely you will recover everything that was stolen and taken from you. I'll find that scripture before the end of the day so you can have it. I want you to chew on that. This is the day we're living in. Oh, maybe I was looking in the wrong one. Okay, here it is, verse 8 of chapter 30. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And God said to him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and you shall surely rescue all. And indeed they did. They went in, they overtook it, they came back. Well, on the way, he went with about 400 men, but 
on the way, a couple hundred of them said, we're too tired to go. And they didn't go into the battle. Only 200 men took that, and they took them, and they took everything, and they took all the, their spoils to boot on top of everything they recovered. And then there was kind of a fight because the 200 that didn't go into battle with them, uh, and Jesus kind of talks about this, the one that comes in at the end of the day getting the same wage. They didn't want to give him any of the spoil. But David said no, even though they stayed back. They've been with us all this time. We're going to share it. And they did. So now you see these descendants. What I want to talk from this story is that spirit that we're dealing with. But it's, I don't want to call it the Amalek spirit, but it's the same spirit that it's, it comes right from Satan himself that hates and despises you uh, for what you are. The Lord <clears throat> in Exodus 17:16 said about this spirit or Amalek, he said, the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So you see this spirit is coming against us from generation to generation. It will until the day the Lord returns. Amen. So it's been over our culture. I've been telling you all that. I'm going to go past that. And so what I want to say is the season of change is the spirit of deliverance is now. It's right now. It's in our time. And it's time for us to pursue, overtake, and recover everything. It's time for you to get your own comeback stories. It's time for you to practice your own turnaround miracles. It's time for us to start praying for God to release holy angels to war on our behalf. Amen? No matter what's been stolen, we need to start declaring favor. And I've had a lot of stuff stolen from me, let me tell you, through the years. The longer you live, the more the enemy is going to come to take. But you know what? It was given to me by God. Am I just going to go, oh, well, I guess I'm never going to get that back. I guess it's too late for me. No, that's the wrong kind of thinking. We're going to be talking about warfare tactics about your thinking. Not this week. I thought it was going to be this week, but it'll be when I come back. It's time for us to unite in praise, as we did here, as we've been doing. We can't back down. Now's the time to press in more. Now's the time to break little barriers in your own thing, like, oh, I'm too embarrassed to do that. Oh, let them clap. No, whatever it is, just start taking a little step. If it's not a giant step, then take a baby step in praise. Remember that they sent the prayer warriors out first. They sent the praisers out, the singers. It's time to step out in faith with, with praise in the name of Jesus on our lips. Amen? Would you read Psalm 100 for me, brother? Amen. Can I get an amen and a joyful shout? Amen to that scripture. That ought to be in your little Bible. You ought to put a little paper clip on the page, a pasty note, whatever. Because this is your homework. This is how you need to live your life. This is the beginning of a new change. This is an agent of change in your life. Number one in that is make a joyful shout. 
Why have we been telling you to shout? Because when you shout to the Lord, it dispels darkness. It actually makes you kind of feel good, doesn't it? It gives you a little rise up. It's like, whoa, I can shout instead of woe is me. I'm done for. I'm down. No, I'm going to fight. As long as I have breath, I've got to fight. I was really down. I've been assaulted the past almost three weeks to the death on some days. But I've had to fight as weak as I was. And, and many days I felt alone. Just because I live with pastor doesn't mean I always feel like I've got a, my best buddy there. Come on. Some of you married people know what I'm talking about. I felt alone. I wasn't alone, but that's what I felt. So what I'm saying is we can't always go by our feelings. So there's going to be a day that you come into the sanctuary and you're not going to feel like shouting. And I'm going to be up there going, hey, I want a big joyful shout. Let's give a clap into the Lord. And you're like, yeah, like yourself. No, you know, I don't feel like it. And then I do it again. And then I go, oh, that wasn't good enough. Let's do it again. And you're like, right, I'm leaving right now. You know, look, we've all had those days. But there's something you've got to do. You've got to take the courage. And you've got to say, I'm going to do it anyway, whether I feel like it or not. And when you do it, even if it starts out like a growl, like, ah, you know, whatever. If it's not the joyful shout, just keep making the noise until you laugh at yourself and it breaks the power of darkness over your life. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord with joy, a joyful shout until you can because it's not like, shout. It's noisy and it's triumphant. It's excited and it's, it's full of celebration. Amen? Uh, there's no single element of sadness or disappointment in it. That's when you know you've gotten there. I'm telling you, do this as a discipline. Some of you, how many of you work out? Come on, it's okay, raise your hand. I know that group over there, you work out. You know, I, I work out when I do this. Whatever, whatever measure of workout you do. But there's certain things you did, you know, disciplined, like, oh, i got to brush my teeth again. Some days I just want to rebel. I mean, seriously, and I love clean teeth, but some days I just, I, I want to rebel about something. Might as well be brushing my teeth. I, really, I don't do that. But you know what I'm saying? There's disciplines that we have in our lives, you know? And um, this should be a discipline for you. When it starts coming, you just go and shout with a joyful shout. It, these points of this psalm, Psalm 100, you guys can remember that, Psalm 100. Psalm 100, it's got four points. That's number one. Make the... It's a key to your existence. It really is. It's a key. It's a golden key. When you shout with joy, your heart lifts up and dark shadows flee. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness, Sean said. Serve the Lord with gladness. You're anointed with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one that brings joy and comfort, fullness of joy. That is the Holy Spirit. Reject every spirit of antichrist or negativity hanging over you. Reject it. When you choose gladness, when you choose gladness, 
This is your purpose. The Holy Spirit empowers you to walk and live in joy. It does. Come on. It's up to you. I can't do it for you. I'd like to. You can't do it for me. Debbie was like sending joy bubbles my way in the dark hour of my bed uh, in the past week. But you know what I'm saying? It was still, they came and they burst over me like little beautiful big bubbles. You know when a big, uh, when you blow bubbles and they burst and a big wet one kind of splashes on you? That's what she was sending me in the Word. She was sending me the Word. I'm praying for you, and this is what the Lord says, and da-da-da-da-da, and And I really wasn't complaining. I was just being quiet. I was being by myself. You see? We can't. And eventually, all those little liquid bubbles burst on me, and I got anointed, and... uh, no, there was a change, but it took a lot. It was a lot of warfare. It was a lot of battle to break through and overcome. But I'm standing here today, believe me, and Pastor can say it's a miracle. Serve the Lord with gladness. Number three, enter his presence with singing. That's what Deb was talking about. Change the atmosphere. Come on, sing in a song. Amen? And as I told you earlier, Jehoshaphat and the the people were surrounded by enemies. They were going to be slaughtered. And the Lord said, they said, what do we do, Lord? And he says um, in uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 18 and 22, for those of you who are going to look it up later, send out the praisers first is what he said. Oh, send out the worship team. Send out the praises. Don't come late and miss worship. Get in here and shout and clap and dance. And come and praise the Lord, and let's change the atmosphere. Amen? Angel armies fought on their behalf and destroyed their enemies. That's what happens when we're singing. That's that's what happens. Angel armies start going forth, and they destroy our enemies. Let's praise and go before you every day, Lord, this year. That's a key. Can it be a discipline in your life? Every day, come and praise the Lord. So I'm saying, when you get home and you're checking your music list on your iPod, or on your phone, or whatever. If you don't have one, or whatever you've got, your CDs, I don't know how you sell, but pick your song selection. Pick it out as if you were a worship leader. Because you're the worship leader of your own heart. I'm not your worship leader. I'm here corporately, or, or Judy, or whoever's leading worship on a Sunday. But you're the worship leader of your own heart. You're the worship leader of your own voice. And so you need to do what I do when I'm preparing to bring worship here. Pick your songs. Pick a strategy. And believe me, in the coming days, it's going to be the enemy is defeated. There's going to be a lot of we cannot be cursed because the shout of a king is among us. There's going to be a lot of awake, awake, awake my soul. There's going to be a lot of, in Jesus' name. There's going to be a lot of, the victor's crown. These are songs that declare defeat to the enemy and that God is great. So pick your songs and the words that bring victory and light and prophetic words to change the atmosphere. And then have your own worship service every day and play that music and crank it. Lonnie used to, uh, when he was working all the time, you know, in secular jobs, 
um, he'd come home and I'd have the music blasting. I like it loud. I like to work hard. I like to party hard. I like it loud. And he still likes it soft to this day. It's, you know, it's like, okay. But sometimes if I have the car and I've gone off to do an errand, I'm sure, and I try to remember to turn it down. Otherwise, it's cranked. And I'm, I'm singing. Yeah. And, I, you know, I wish I had one of those lowrider cars that, you know, it's got that vibration, boom, 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 you know, whatever. I like it vibrating because I want all that is within me to feel it. Well, when you go to a concert, what happens? Julie took me to a concert one time. Her and I, who, Rod Stewart, yeah. Sacrilegious, I know, but we did. We went to a. She took me to a rod concert. Nobody else. We couldn't get anybody else to go with us, and we went down there. And it was the first concert I'd ever been to like that in my life. And the music is so loud that it literally, your lungs are vibrating, isn't it? It is that loud. Well, I don't know, but if you see an old lady in the car next to you, you know, it could be me, rocking to praise songs. But you need to get the music because it's part of the warfare. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. Number three, it's time to find strength in the Lord. So I've already told you about this point. Take authority over every cloud and get out of a defeated spirit attitude. Get out of it. Remember, it's Amalek trying to come and steal your joy. It's that spirit that despises that God has blessed you and wants you to prosper. Take authority over every dark cloud that dampens your joy or attacks your peace or gives you pain. And reject dark thoughts and focus your mind and emotions and actions on the Lord and his word and his awesome power. Because he's got it. And he's given it to you. Amen? So, closing. I'm already closing. Ask for God's presence to direct you like David did. Ask him what he wants you to do. And don't stay isolated. Don't do it. Don't like, I don't feel like going to church today. And I'm such a grouchy person, I'd just be biting people's heads off. Come on. Oh, well, maybe none of you have thought that. I've thought that many times. <laughs> but I have to come to church. I'm the pastor's wife, or I'm a pastor. No. I don't get, I don't get a free pass. Come on. I don't get that luxury. Well, today, I'm telling you, you don't have it either. You don't have that luxury because I need you. I need you, and you need me, and we need to be together because this is how the wars are won. This is how the mighty men ride. How many like horses? Get yourself a nice big spiritual stallion to ride on. Let's ride with Jesus. He rides on a big white horse. And he's the captain of the host, and he's captain of the army. So pick out your songs, pick out your stallion, and let's ride. Let's ride. And let's take back what the enemy's taken. It's time for recovery. It's time for restoration. It's time to believe. Amen? Let's stand up. Let's pray, and let's activate our faith right now. So I pray over you. Activate faith. Find, Find somebody near you. Just grab them and bless them. Pray for them. 
Pray for them right now. Find somebody near you. Find a little group. If you're by yourself, don't be alone. There's, there's Olson. Somebody grab this guy right here. Somebody go over and you guys pray together. Yeah. Somebody come over to this group. Yeah. Or come join this group right here. Yeah. Bless each other. Nobody be alone. Get in that circle right there, buddy. Yeah. Bless each other. We're agents of change right now. We're going to believe right now in Jesus' name. Whoa. We just feel the anointing coming, Lord, as you bless us. We're not going to stay where we were. We're never going back. We're never going back, God. So just pray over each other now. Just you pray for him, and then you pray for her. You say a word. I want to hear it. Bless her right now. Bless her with the goodness of God. Bless her with faith. Amen. You guys speak it. You guys can do it. You guys take a step of faith right now. You can. Say bless you. You can say bless you, can't you? Bless you. Bless you in God. And start taking faith for each other in Jesus' name. Amen. And for your family. Pray for your families. Amen. Isn't that that pretty? Okay, I love it. I love it. Okay, we've come to the end today. Hallelujah. Shout in the house of the Lord. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. Now make sure when you go next door that you wish Don a happy birthday. Amen. Make sure, has uh, Althea already left? Or she, make sure you introduce yourself to Althea back there. And also, Belinda, the granddaughter's name? Grandniece. Alea. The Lord has healed her of her one tumor, but now they've found other tumors. It's little Althea. Alea, I'm sorry. Althea. Uh, Leah. So, Father, we bring Leah before you now. Lord, we ask first and foremost that salvation, Father, comes to her mother. Father, let the person of Jesus penetrate her heart. Lord, you are the healer. You are our salvation. You're Leah's healer. You're Leah's salvation. You're Leah's hope. And so, Father, we ask that Leah would be presented before you this morning and her mother and all of the family, every nurse, every doctor, Father, let the, the evidence of a sign and a wonder be the testimony of Leah. Father, let those that are around her, the doctors, everyone see the hand of the living God. Father, that you and you alone would be glorified. That through the blood of Jesus, through that which is the power of the resurrection, comes the life and the healing power to Leah. We declare this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, is there something you wanted to say? <laughs> Hallelujah. We love so, you. Now remember. <clears throat> so just remember, don't forget to come by this table and take a little sample of goodies over here before you go next door for your lunch. Bless you. And don't forget to come and take a look at the symbol on this, Tali. And don't forget March the 10th for those who are interested in going on the tour. Okay. Amen. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.